today on Real Radio. God came down, took upon himself the form of a man, lived 33 and a half years in pure obedience according to the law of God, and then when that was finished, went to the cross for our sins, paid the price, rose again from the dead, ascended back to heaven so you and I can have absolute confidence that we're going to get there on his merit and not our own. It's what he did. He's generous. Welcome to Real Radio with Pastor Jack Hibbs. I'm David J. thanking you for joining us today as we listen, learn, and are challenged by God's Word, the Bible. On today's edition of Real Radio, Pastor Jack now continues his series called The First Epistle of Peter with a message called From Here to Eternity, Part 1. It's been said that just a pat on the back really goes a long way. And the Apostle Peter understood this, and his words of encouragement arrived just in time to bring comfort and inspiration. Even though many Christ followers of Peter's day were suffering under the heavy hand of the Romans, Peter reminds them that these trials and persecutions will not defeat them. We have a big decision ahead of us, so it's time for every Christ follower to set their sights on heaven, and unlike the world we live in, it is undefiled and incorruptible, an inheritance that will not fade away. Heaven is a living hope, reserved for us through salvation in Jesus Christ. Peter tells us that in this promise from God, we find joy. Even through the grief and pain of this life, we are saved by faith and on our way home to forever be with the Lord. So today on day two of this message, Pastor Jack goes on to say that we're born into a world that is dying, but Jesus can give us a second birth through salvation that only he can give. We're not saved and going to heaven through association. Just because our mom or dad or grandma were saved, that doesn't mean we are. And it's only through the gospel of Jesus Christ and his generous mercy that we are saved. And now in his message called From Here to Eternity, Part 1, here's pastor and Bible teacher Jack Hibbs. People who are in hell now got there very, very strenuously. They very, very much were committed to getting to hell. They rejected the grace of God over and over again. God didn't throw them there. They threw themselves there. Okay? That's how hell is justified in the doctrine of the God of the Bible. People are there. They're there of their own choosing. But listen, when you and I as believers get to heaven, we will not be up there saying, whoa, whoa, I'm so glad I made the right decision. Praise me for making the right decision. No, 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 no. You and I will be in heaven because we responded to God's overture of grace regarding the gospel He paved the way and made the way possible through the blood of Christ for you and I to be saved. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody goes to the Father but through him. Does that make sense? He gets all the glory in heaven, and the one that's in hell condemns himself for being there. That's very, very important that you understand that. Now, having said that, think about this. God is saying, I've begotten you into this living hope. So I want to ask you this question. How much effort, how much involvement did you and I have in our planning strategy and work of you and I being born into this world? How did you get here? Say, my mama. Well, that's not exactly true. Your mama was the, was the vehicle. It took, your, it took your mama and your papa or your mom and your dad for this to happen. And you're the byproduct of their love, okay? 
And you were born into this world, a hopeless world, a world that is dying, a world that is sold and condemned under the power of sin. And that's why Christ came. But when God says, I've begotten you again, it's a theological term meaning that I have brought you forth. Almost think of it as from the womb. I brought you out and you were helpless. You couldn't do anything. And I knew you before you were ever born. And I brought you out. And my Holy Spirit worked in your life. And he was calling you. And my son died on the cross. And uh, that is to bring you eternal life. And I've been with you before you even had a beginning. And I've begotten you again into the second life. It's the born again life is what he's referring to. In John chapter 1 verse 12. John chapter 1 verses 12 to 13. Jesus said, but as many as received him... Accept Christ, open your heart to him, invite him in. To them gave he the right to become children of God. To those who believe, trust, rely upon his name. Listen, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh. That means if your grandpa and grandma or your mom and dad's going to heaven, that doesn't mean you're going. God doesn't save you by association. You've got to make a decision to come after Christ yourself. It's not by the will of the flesh, nor by the will of man, but of God. God does the work of salvation. Salvation is of the Lord, says the scripture. But notice he's speaking about a new birth. And this new birth is something that we have to have. And that's what Paul is, or Peter, excuse me, is announcing. Ephesians chapter two, verses one through four answers this, speaks to this. And uh, notice everybody, listen to this, uh, how much you and I, of course, live out this truth. He says in Ephesians 2 verse 1, and you, think about you, as a believer, he made alive. So what does that mean? That means that before you were a believer, you were dead. Did you know that? So what do you mean I was dead? You know what? Whatever your body wanted, whatever your mind wanted, you lived for that. You did that thing. And you went after your flesh. You, oh man, you know, when you were little, you and I sinned like this. We, we, We robbed our little brother or sister of that Twinkie. We knew we weren't supposed to take the Twinkie, but we took their Twinkie. Or maybe later, you know, you wound up doing this, or you're doing that, and then you told your, your first little lie, and then you did the, and then it just escalates, and you know it's wrong, but you just keep doing it, because you know, frankly, you keep getting away with it. You don't know any better, but you do. You know it's wrong, but you've not been given any form of correction, no other route has come to you, and so, And then as you get older, it gets worse because now your disobedience starts to lead to what the Bible says, sin is pleasurable for a season. So, and it's just a catastrophic thing, right? It's just that the world, uh, now all of you in here, you're all over 13, right? You've all experienced this already. But it's a bad thing, you know, not being a Christian, you don't have a a faith in God. You know, some of you did, I didn't. But, uh, you, you, you know, you get this way in life, and then all of a sudden your hormones start kicking in. And you don't know, male or female, it doesn't matter. Something just happened to you. And your world goes crazy. Now, I can only speak from a guy's perspective, but you just go insane. You start going insane at that young age, and you pretty much stay insane until you die. <laughs> but uh, that's a guy's life. I don't know anything about a woman. I'm not, I, I don't, not ever going to be a woman. I know this is California, but I'm just never going to become a woman. <laughs> And I can only tell you about a guy, and it's bad enough just being a guy. And uh, when, listen, your flesh will take 
over. And your mind gets in cahoots with your flesh and you're like this. I mean, you're, you're, you know, you're at work like this. You look so normal. If that's normal, I don't know. If, but, but inside, it's like, oh man, I can't wait. How much time till work's over? Oh boy, and I'm gonna call him or her and we're gonna go do this and the other. And it's all the flesh. And the Bible says you're dead because you're living for flesh, earthly appetites. And the Bible, from God's perspective, says you're dead. What does that mean? It means you're spiritually dead. Mankind is born into this world spiritually dead. And it's as though the Holy Spirit takes the Bible like defibrillators. <laughs> he takes Genesis and everything in between to Revelation. And the Holy Spirit, when the gospel goes out, places those paddles on your chest and says, uh, rather than clear, he says, repent. Boom. And... And uh, you see the guy jerk and, and the gospel, Jesus loves you, boom, and the body jerks. What's happening? You're hearing the gospel and you're being shocked with truth. And it's as though you're dead and now you're starting to be awakened to life. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And he's begotten you again into a living hope that can never die. The Christian hope this morning, and I'm looking across this this auditorium, this tent. And if you're a follower of Christ today, your hope will never, never go out, ever. It's impossible. God will guarantee that. So he says in Ephesians 2, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Anybody know who that is? Satan. That's creepy, right? So I was just out having a good time serving Satan. Oh, we were just doing our own thing. You were serving Satan. Remember uh, Bob Dylan? You got to serve somebody. Remember that song? <laughs> it might be the devil. It might be the Lord, but you got to serve somebody. Remember that? It's true. You're either serving Christ because you're alive. Or the Bible says without Christ governing your life, you're dead in your sins. And the Bible says you're serving the prince of the power of the air. Satan, and it goes on. The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Verse three, among whom we also all once conducted our uh, lives regarding the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. That's all true. All of us know that's true. You're, even if you're not a Christian, you know that's true. And we're by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, isn't that great? But God, hallelujah. But God who is rich in, there's that word, mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive, quickened us, brought us back to life, together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. What a great declaration that is. Galatians chapter five, verse 19 tells us, if we didn't recognize that old life, he says, when you, were fo uh, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, that's having sex apart from marriage of any way, shape, or form. Impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, which is weird. It's, who, puts a dun who puts a sorcerer's hat on? It's, the word is pharmakia. It's hallucinogenic drugs. Uh, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of wrath, a selfish ambition, dissensions, divisions, 
envy, drunkenness, wild parties, it's the word orgies, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, he says, as I have before, that anyone living or practicing that lifestyle, that sort of life, will not inherit the kingdom of God. God doesn't want you to live like that, and if you're honest, that life stinks. Isn't that funny? Think about it. You're looking at, you're so quiet now. Come on. Were you not any of those people? You're lying right now. Before you met Jesus, you and I were in those, in those lines of the Bible. Well, I wasn't that one. Okay, so you weren't that one, but I bet you were that one. I wasn't either one of those, but I was that one over there. We're there. But God. Hallelujah, right? God's mercy works in bringing us to life. And, and Peter's announcing that God's mercy is still at work in the life of the believer. The next thing we see regarding from here to eternity that we can be confident is the fact that God is a, he's such a generous God. God is generous. We can be confident knowing that he's generous. The Bible says how much generosity? Verse three says, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. What an awesome God we have. Oh, I had a lot of fun at my door yesterday. Oh, they came to your door too. I was really bummed because they have for uh, 10 years, they've passed my house. I, was, I saw them coming, by the way. I got up to do something. I could see down my street. I could see them coming. I'm talking about the Jehovah's Witnesses. I saw them coming and I, I played a little trick on Lisa. Have you, have you ever seen Lord of the Rings? If not, you, you got to see it. J.R.R. Tolkien, he's a believer. You'll see him in heaven. I mean, and it doesn't matter. So, you know, when that, in that one scene in the movie where the, where the Orlando Bloom smells an orc? Remember that? For those of you who haven't seen, you know what I'm talking about. I, I, I went into the room and I told Lisa, I said, I went. She goes, what? I said, I smell an orc. And you, she did what she normally does. Yeah. Well, about 10 minutes later, well, I was shocked because they always come up to my door. I mean, they always come down the street. They look at my address. They look at a piece of paper and they, they, pat, they always go past my house. So these were newbies. These were newbies. And they came up and they tried, they, hi, how are you? I'm saying, I'm fine. How are you? Now I, at my house, you know, a Dutch door, I call it a Dutch door. The, the whole door doesn't open, just the top opens. Yeah. So there's this, this barrier right there. And, uh, she went to hand me her invitation to her, the Watchtower Society. And she says, you know, uh, uh, she didn't say Easter, but she said, uh, the, we're celebrating the death of Jesus next week. Yes, but the pamphlet only addresses about the death of Jesus. We're only gonna celebrate the death of Jesus on Good Friday and only for a few hours. Why? Because he rose again from the dead on Sunday. Listen, the Watchtower Society doesn't preach that. They don't preach that he's the son of God. They don't preach that he was resurrected from the dead. They preach that he's Michael the archangel using the name Jesus in the scripture. Did you know that? They don't tell you that at the door. Now, I didn't, I didn't point and get all excited like that. I just said, listen, and you guys all need to go to our website and get this if you don't have it. I just reached over behind the door and I pulled out, is Jesus God? It's a pamphlet we have here at this church. It should be right near you, maybe even you're in the seat you're sitting in. And I said, I want you to take this. And she goes, no. 
And started talking more, started talking more. And I said, okay, let me have your pamphlet. As soon as she handed me the pamphlet, I handed it back. And she, and she took it and I said, are you not Jehovah's witness? Yes. Then read Jehovah's words. That's all it is. Read them, read them, and then answer those questions. I said, the truth is this. By none of your works can you enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus Christ died on the cross, and for all those who turn to him, they can have salvation. But by your efforts and by your deeds, you will not enter in, so says the Bible. And I said, God has given you a beautiful day to go out there and do whatever you're doing, but just know this, from this moment on, you need to know that you have to be born again, that heaven awaits all those. Now, what's amazing about their doctrine is they believe the original 144,000 go to heaven and all those who come to the Jehovah Watchtower, Jehovah Witness team uh, goes into annihilation at the moment you die. That there is no heaven, by the way, uh, there is no hell, I should say. There's a heaven for the 144,000, but there is no hell. By the way, all cults believe there's no hell. How convenient. <laughs> Satan wrapped them up in a lie. So if there's no hell according to their doctrine, and if there's annihilation only after you die, then why do I need to join their team? You see? Think. Because that's not the answer. Christ rose from the dead. Because there is no salvation without Jesus Christ, and it couldn't have been a good man on the cross. It had to be the God man on the cross. It was that God came down took upon himself the form of a man, lived 33 and a half years in pure obedience according to the law of God, and then when that was finished, went to the cross for our sins, paid the price, rose again from the dead, ascended back to heaven so you and I can have absolute confidence that we're gonna get there on his merit and not our own. It's what he did. He's generous. God is generous. Jesus said in John 14, 19, because I live, you will live also. Wow. In John 11, verse 25, Jesus said, remember he encountered Martha and Mary, Lazarus' sisters? He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And then Jesus, next words out of his mouth, do you believe this? You see, that's essential. That is necessary for you to get to heaven. Every believer, every true believer in this place says, yep, I believe it, and I know that's to be true because God is at work in my life. It's not wishful thinking. It is an absolute confident fact at work in my life. There was a sad tragedy this year. Uh, physicist Stephen Hawking died and uh, didn't believe in God, made fun of Christians, mocked the Bible, even though he was completely crippled and had to speak through the technology of a computer, would would say, for example, the Bible, uh, faith in God is, is for those who are afraid of the dark. It's, it's said he was so earthly brilliant. I don't know about you, but if you're smart, you'll be afraid of the dark. You know why? There's weird things in the dark. The Bible talks about the dark. The Bible says hell is dark. The Bible says that Satan traffics in darkness, that God delivers us by his light and he leads us out of the darkness and into the light. Jesus Christ said, I am the light of the world. And he said, mocking, uh, mocking faith. I, now I hope in the last second that he died, he called out to Christ. You know, that, you know he could, God could shock us all. He could, he could be in heaven, but there's no confession of that. He, as far as we all know, he died as an unbeliever. But the, what I found amazing is that uh, 
the London Times printed up and it said that Stephen Hawking, after being diagnosed with his disease to live only two years, lived 55 years on. And I read that and I thought, that's the mercy of God waiting, waiting, waiting for Stephen Hawking to change his mind. Don't be like that. Don't be like that. The God of the Bible died for you and rose again from the dead. He loves you and he's given you a life of absolute victory because Christ is risen from the dead. Yes, we may have hardships. Yes, we're going to. Difficulties, battles. But we're more than conquerors through Jesus Christ who loved us. Now, the second argument, and we'll end with number two, it's verses four and five, is that from here to eternity, we can be assured, not only confident, we can be assured. Assured with a great sense of boldness in this way, assured knowing that God gives all. Now, this is interesting. I, I have to tell you, look at verse four. Jesus' resurrection afforded something for us. And I gotta tell you, I'm so dumb, I so don't get it. I have to receive this by faith because frankly, in my flesh, I look at verse four and I say, it's not necessary. God, I'll just be happy to be in heaven taking out the trash. Are you with me? I just, I'll be happy to sit in a tree and look at it all. Well, part of God's grand delight apparently entails much more than that. It says that all that Christ has done results in God giving all. And it says that we are going to experience an inheritance. Look at verse 4. An inheritance, incorruptible and undefiled. Three things. Incorruptible, undefiled. Thirdly, doesn't fade away. It's reserved in heaven for you and I. Literally reserved. So who are you? In the count of three, state your name. One, two, three. You. You, trusting Christ, there is some form of benefit that God has for you that when you get there, it's absolute custom for you. It's reserved for you. What is it? I don't know. But I know this. The Bible says that it is inheritance. How do you get an inheritance? Somebody has to die. You don't do anything to get an inheritance. Somebody has to do something. Somebody has to die. <laughs> so Jesus dies, you get the inheritance. And awesome too, it's free of taxes too, by the way. Government's not gonna take anything of it. Pastor and Bible teacher, Jack Hibbs, here on Real Radio in his message called From Here to Eternity, Part 1. We're so glad you joined us today. And you know, our hope is that you have chosen to follow Christ and that you're ready to arrive at your final destination. From Here to Eternity, Part 1 is part of Pastor Jack's series called The First Epistle of Peter, a series that takes us through the life and times of the Apostle Peter, whose love for Jesus Christ carried him through great persecution and whose compassion for others still inspires us today. And we'll continue on the next edition of Real Radio. Hey, we've got a special offer for you. The Life and Bible series is now available on an MP3 CD. 
And for a gift of any amount, you'll get 17 complete audio messages along with Pastor Jack's sermon notes all on one disc. Yeah, you'll get the notes too. Just go to our website, reallifewithjackhibbs.org, and take advantage of this great offer on the Life and Bible series. And remember, it's yours for a gift of any amount at reallifewithjackhibbs.org. That's reallifewithjackhibbs.org. Hey, here's our phone number if you should need it. It's 877-RR-RADIO. That's a toll-free phone call. 877-777-2346. Also, here's the address. Jot this one down. P.O. Box 1273, Chino Hills, California, 91709. This program is made possible by the generous contributions of you, our listeners. Visit us at reallifewithjackhibbs.org. That's reallifewithjackhibbs.org. I'm David J. Until next time, Pastor Jack Hibbs and all of us here at Real Radio wish for you solid and steady growth in Christ and in His Word. We'll see you next time here on Real Radio.